It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast by the host or the guest do not necessarily reflect the views of Paranormal Buzz Radio or its sponsors. Use of any material produced by Paranormal Buzz Radio without express written consent is strictly prohibited. For information on everything Paranormal Buzz Radio has to offer, visit our website, ParanormalBuzzRadio.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Paranormal Buzz Radio is proud to present the Dying to Know podcast. Brought to you all the way from the United Kingdom with Lee from Spirit Vision Paranormal Research. Listener discretion is advised. The first episode, I'm excited to be joined tonight by Daryl Marsden from Ghost Hunters. Hi, Daryl. Hey, what's going on? Good, good. So for the people listening in, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, a uh, little bit about myself. I've been doing this for about 17 years now, paranormal investigating. Uh, got into it by complete accident back in around 2005, where I was invited to a paranormal uh, investigation. It was around Halloween over here, and uh, I was kind of a skeptic at the time. Still am a skeptic. You know, I don't always believe everything I see or hear until I can prove it. And I witnessed something that kind of shocked me, and which was... I actually witnessed a half-body apparition, and this is the first time I'd ever had an experience of that nature. I knew when I left there that night, there's some way or somehow I was going to try to recreate this and figure out what I saw, and I was basically hooked from there. And, you know, I've been doing it ever since, you know, around 2011 or so, I started my own team. Before that, I did it, you know, on my own with my, you know, my wife and everything on the side when we were dating. Uh, she got into it with me. And it kind of grew from there. Like I said, in 2011, I started my own team, Breaking Paranormal. And that grew pretty quick. And we started doing a lot of places here on the East Coast, up and down the, you know, this part of the states. So it got a little expensive doing it, you know, out of your own pocket for a while there. So what I decided was I wanted to kind of stay in it, but not do as much investigating. So I got into doing what you're doing, uh, live streaming, podcasts. That was slow to start for about a year or two. And um, then around 2015 or so, I blew up on there. And that's where Ghost Hunters found me. Hit the ground running with those guys and uh, had a great run with them. And uh, got into my own company with a, a couple friends of mine who run Paranormal Warehouse. Uh, and uh, that's what we're doing now. We're doing our own content uh, creations for companies uh, like board games and things of that nature, paranormal stuff and horror and true crime and things of that nature. And um, I'm, I'm loving every minute, man. It's great. You're going boss. You get to produce your own product. And 
you get paid for it, so can't complain. That's, that's the best part. Yeah. So whereabouts you up to with the series now? I'll be honest, I've seen season one. I've uh-huh. not seen season two. Well, season two well, is, uh, quite honestly, is when we really hit the ground running, man. We, we did in season one, but it was kind of, it was, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I feel like it was overproduced, season one. Uh, and I think they were trying to follow the blueprint of the old show too much. So and when season two came around, we were like, hey, you know, we had a meeting with uh, production and people back at post. And we're like, hey, we want to kind of take the reins and do our own thing and not follow the old blueprint. And uh, that's what we did, man. Season two is uh, it's freaking phenomenal. The just the cinematography alone is a mind blowing of, you know, the people we had behind the scenes writing stuff, you know, doing all this stuff. It was, you know, half of it was us with the investigating and these off the chart locations that never been investigated before. The only one we investigated in season two that's ever been done before was uh, Waverly, Waverly Hills. Uh, but uh, these, all these other places have never been investigated on TV, especially. I mean, they might have some like regular investigators, investigators come there, but as far as TV, never been seen. They were uh, very remote locations. Uh, you know, talking about Haynes, Alaska. You're talking about wow. Clifton, Arizona, Fort Stanton, New Mexico, places like that where you know, you're talking you'd have to take multiple flights and drive for hours just to get to these locations. Uh, so, yeah, they were pretty insane. Took a lot of time to film these locations, but it was well worth it with the evidence we walked out with after. I mean, we, I, I remember, you know, just like it was yesterday, you know, us cussing everybody, cussing ourselves, cussing production on all the time and effort you put into these locations. And then when you see the finished product, you're like, okay, that's why I did that. That's why I spent, you know, 15 days in the desert you know, away from everybody. That's why I spent, you know, two weeks in Alaska freezing my ass off, uh, snowing every day, you know, freezing rain and stuck in Haynes, Alaska for several days, you know, without communication to the mainland. These are the things we did when we filmed season two. And that's why that season was so freaking well liked and loved. That's that's cool. So on locations, I don't know if you find this. We, we we tend to find it. We've we've done yeah, places that have been on TV, well known haunted locations, but we've also done locations that people haven't done that have really, really not been investigated. And the yeah. stuff that we come away from them places with blows yeah. the, the well known places out the window. Yeah. I, I completely do, you, agree. do you find that? Yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with you on that. Uh I think some of the places that are more well known that have been on TV are oversaturated. Um, and what I mean by that is I've been to locations before, not on the show, but as a regular investigator where I'm walking into a location, I'm literally walking past another team leaving out the door. Yeah. When you come across that, uh, especially over here in the States, you know, cause some of these places get on TV and all of a sudden they blow up and they're booked every weekend. And some of them are booked even during the weekdays. R- really hard to make contact with anything. Cause if there's anything there, it's not going to want to deal with, you um after it's just dealt with 10 other teams walking in and out of the door in the last you know week or two so yeah it's it's very hard to capture any kind of evidence that's why i love these locations that have never been done or you know are are not well known and the, the cool thing was i found out here especially during COVID, you know when it was in its 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 prime a lot of places were locked down you couldn't get into them for a year so once we start hitting these locations back last spring, last summer again, and really hitting them hard, you're coming to these locations that, you know, hadn't been investigated in over a year or so. 
And they got pretty active pretty quick because whatever's in there, that energy is feeding off of what you got, you, what you're bringing in the door. I mean, whether it be yourself or your equipment or whatever, and it's been sitting docile for that much longer. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I definitely agree. Yeah, these locations that have never been done or haven't been done in a long time are definitely way more active. Yeah, that's what I find. And, and the prices we find over, and I don't know whether it's the same in America, but the prices they charge in the UK. I mean, one of our bucket lists is Edinburgh Vaults. We've booked it for next year, but it's cost us 1200 quid. I mean, that's just horrendous. 1200 quid however yeah. we've got a year to get ready for that but i mean that's just ridiculous it, it, yeah. we have um, the ancient ramen five six hundred pound a night and you're getting five hours yeah i've done a couple and i'm glad i did them however i prefer to stick to the lesser known locations yeah absolutely i mean if i can do lesser known locations all the time fine with that you know i, I get invited to a lot of locations especially if you've been on tv and everything Everybody wants to invite you to places. Yeah. And I've been to a lot of places, you know, that you know that have been on TV shows. You want to be for some of them are on TV shows. And I'm just like, okay, that's great. You know, if I'm in the area, I'll definitely come. But I'm not driving 10 hours to just go investigate a place that I've already been or that I know is not going to have that much activity due to the fact that it's investigated almost every night of the week. But the other thing is when we when we go to places, we, we spend minimum two nights, normally three nights. And on the third night, you're getting a hell of a lot more communication and activity. It's as if yeah. like they're accepting along the way. And, and, and to be honest, I'm saying this now, but if you'd have asked me this three months ago, I would have told you this was all a load of garbage. Paranormal mm. doesn't exist. It's not real. And Sarah grew up in a haunted pub and the ancient Britain in, in the UK. And she was telling me all these stories. And one day I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll go and have a look. And I think we've been doing it three, fourth year we're in now. And it's, it's took us four years to actually get something credible. Something that I actually, it hurts my head when I'm like, I really cannot explain that. That's just really yeah. blow my mind. But yeah, it's took, it's took us four years. So how long do you spend when you go to locations? Well, I mean, when we're filming, you're talking a week, uh, sometimes two weeks, depending on how big the location is. Uh, when I'm not filming, usually a day, maybe two. When we film for our parent warehouse, a lot of times we go in and we'll, we'll film for a, a day, maybe two days, um, depending on how long ad content we're trying to get, you know, with far as B-roll and actual evidence and things of that nature. Um, yeah, so, I mean... When you're filming for a show, it's usually about a week or two. Um, that's my experience, uh, especially from Ghost Hunters. Off the show, usually about a day or two. Right. And do you find the longer you spend there, the more activity you're getting by the end of the... Um, it, it all depends, honestly. I mean, I've been in locations where we haven't gotten anything at all. Uh, we spent a week there, don't get a thing. And I've been in locations where as soon as you walk in the door, the activity is insane. And then it just dies and goes away. I've been on locations where you don't get anything until yeah, we'll that. a lot. Yeah, so it's just like the last minute you're walking out the room, everything goes off and starts going crazy. You get to go back in and and kind of figure out what's going on. So I've, yeah, I've been through all of that. You know, at one stage or another, at some point or another, I've pretty much seen all of that. Yeah, I like the equipment you use as well. You think out the box when. From what I've seen in season one, like I said, I've not seen season two, but I've watched every single documentary, ghost hunting show, and I don't watch them anymore. I've, wa I've watched season one of yours, and I said to Sarah, probably the only one I do watch and the only one that I enjoy watching. We hear that because a lot. the way that you go about it and, and like how like you set stuff up and the equipment you use, I've noticed, like, I don't want to say names, but I noticed a lot of TV shows will use equipment that just do absolutely doesn't make sense. And they're yeah. trying to they're trying to explain it, and when you think about it logically, it just doesn't make sense what they're saying. Yet they're saying this is credible, this is this, and this is that. And 
And then when I actually went out and, and started investigating myself, I realised then that a lot of that is, is yes. garbage. But the yeah. equipment you use is pretty cool. Yeah, well, you, we use a lot of stuff that's not actual paranormal equipment. That's why we use things. Like, if you watch season two, you're going to be really blown away. If you like the equipment we use in season one, like the uh, EDI Plus and things of that Brilliant nature, layer. when we introduce that and uh, some other equipment, you're going to love season two when the EMCCD camera comes out. That's a whole nother piece of equipment that people think this is something you could buy on Amazon. Now, this piece of this camera has been used for 30 or 40 years, but it's never been used in a paranormal setting. Uh, the thing with the EMCCD camera is what it is, it's a camera that uh, captures single photon events. And it's been used by the military, NASA, uh, and other scientific communities. And it was given to us to use to see. We had there's some scientists who were interested in the paranormal, and they're like, "Hey, see what you can capture with this piece of equipment." It's like a sixty thousand dollar camera. And wow. It's no bigger than. It looks like a. It's a box, and it comes with a monitor. You got to set up and everything. There's special lens and lenses you have to use, and uh, to capture photon events. And w- out the gate, we started capturing full body apparitions with this thing. And anomalies that we can't explain that we sent back to these scientists like, hey, we can't explain this. Maybe you can. And they look at it and they're like, we have no idea what that is. I've been using that camera for 30 years. I've never seen anything like that. So when you got that, being told to you by a a scientist and one scientist happens to be a two-time Nobel Peace Prize winner. Um, you're like, okay, there's something here. It's interesting to, you know, to say and to see that piece of equipment work in a paranormal field and to, um, to further that, you know, experiment with that piece of equipment. And we capture many, many anomalies with that EMCCD camera. It's amazing. It's an amazing piece of equipment. We'll have to watch it. We'll go into, we'll explain it. We'll say at the end where we can get hold of you and now we can, uh, you know, watch it. So I've got a few questions for you. You've probably been asked these a billion times, but I'll have to ask them because obviously there's people going to be listening who probably want to know these questions. So the first one is, Mm -hmm. um, best place you've ever investigated? That's a hard one, man. Uh, Best place on the show, I would say... Probably the craziest would be Haynes, Alaska, and maybe Clifton, Arizona, and Fort Stanton, New Mexico. They're probably the three craziest. Insane evidence, just what we had to go through to get to those places and to investigate them. Off the show, I'm going to say probably the House of Wills in Cleveland and Anderson Hotel in Kentucky are probably the two craziest off the show I've investigated. Right. Yeah, What's as far the creepiest? Yeah, the creepiest would be the House of Wills in Cleveland. When I say creepy, I mean, it's not just creepy looking, which it's very creepy looking. It's very ominous. It's very active and not in a good way when I say that. Right. Have I have heard of the House of Wills. I've definitely heard of the House of Wills. Yeah. I can't tell you what the story is behind it, but I've, I've definitely heard of it. Yeah, uh, I actually wrote a book on it. Hopefully it'll be out next year. Right, cool. And the best evidence you've captured? Best evidence I've ever captured, personally, myself, would be in Haynes, Alaska, I had my body cam on, which is the same body cam like police use. And I actually forgot I had it on. I wore every investigation. I had a vest on. It was very cold. I had it clipped to the front of the vest. And I captured a full body apparition twice standing in front of me. That's pretty good. I need to see that. See, I need, yeah. I've had something thrown while we're all stood in, in one building and we're all on camera. And that, I just froze, to be honest with you, because I didn't believe in it. I just didn't believe in the paranormal. When that happened, 
my brain went into overtime and I just couldn't figure out what had happened. I still can't figure out what's happened. I need to go back for answers. Yeah. Um, but I think just to top it off, I'm still 60%. Not sure. I just need yeah. to see that. I need we to see that apparition. And I think that that's yeah. me done. I'm, I'm yeah. be in that mindset of being a uh, skeptic somewhat because you don't want to go in there and believe everything's paranormal. Well, no. Um, you always want to have that in the back of your head. There could be a, a logical uh, explanation for everything. 100%. Uh, but when you capture something like that on camera, standing in front of you, that all goes out the door. You know, it's like, I know, okay, yeah. no, that was not standing there because I didn't see it in my own eyes. The investigator, Mustafa, the other guy who was with me, didn't see it. And our camera operator didn't see it. But we heard it, and so did our producer and our audio girl, who were two stories below us, heard it running across the floor at us on the other side of the building. And then we called EVP at the same exact time I caught the the, the apparition standing in front of me saying, that's me, that's me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's mine. You See, I'm not, I'm not into it. There's a lot of equipment you can buy, and we've probably got most of it. However... I just like me, the eye, a voice recorder, and a camera, and I'm happy. Oh, I'm going to take that with me. You need a good camera, a uh, good audio recorder. Like uh, I always use Zoom products. I love their products. And a, um, the EDI is a great Brilliant. tool. The fact that, I mean, if you get something, a hit on your EDI as far as EMF or pressure, temperature, or something of that nature, you're getting an actual hit. Oh. your phone can't set it off. Your walkie-talkies can't set it off. It's that well shielded. So when you get something on that, you've got something. You better pay attention to what's going on in the room. I love it due to the fact that it takes a memory card and you can record all that, take it out, pop it on your laptop or your, your PC and watch it. And actually, at the same time, you're capturing footsteps or an EVP or whatever. You can sit there and watch you know, the pressure in the room go up or the temperature decrease, increase or EMF. And you can watch all that on that on that memory card. It's an amazing piece of equipment. Yeah, it's cool. We, we did an experiment, and I was trying to... It annoys me a bit, people on YouTube, and people... They probably do know that phones are setting off K2s, and, and it really, really grates me sometimes. So I said to Sarah, let's do a little experiment. Let's get the EDI out. And we did it live. We get the EDI out. We get the K2 out. So Sarah does it just with the phone signal, K2's going off. So yeah. then she kicks Wi-Fi on, the K2's going absolutely ballistic. Yeah. The EDI never missed a beat. She got the phone right up to the EDI. It didn't even it didn't even let a light off. And I'm going, that's why I've got that tool. That's why yeah. we only use the K2 just to do a baseline sweep and then that goes away. But yeah, it's yeah, they are, they are brilliant. I'm so pleased with mine. I made up with it. Oh uh, yeah, it's definitely for the, the serious investigator. There's two separate things going on here when it comes to paranormal. You've got Ghost hunters, mm -hmm. people who just want to go out and get, have a thrill, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's the entertainment side of it. And that's great. Hey, you want to go get scared or whatever, and you think it's a ghost, maybe it is, maybe it's not. But you have the paranormal investigator who actually wants to investigate and try to prove what they're investigating if they capture something. And you need that kind of equipment. That's the kind of equipment we use on ghost hunters to actually sit down with your client at the end of the week and say, Okay, I can't sit down with a REM pod or a K2 or this or that and say, oh, look, the REM pod was going on. It's definitely a ghost. Now, I can't do that, but I can do that with an EDI, or I can do that if I capture something on it on my audio or on my camera, and I can sit down with them and say, this is what we captured. This is what it correlates with. You know, we were getting this at the same time we are getting this. So that when it comes to the serious investigator, yeah, you want to use the type of stuff we use in season one and season two. 
which is actually season 12 and season 13, if you want to be technical about it. Then if you want to go out and have fun, hey, use your REM pods, use your K2s, whatever piece of equipment you want to buy, do it. I'm not against that. Hey, it takes all kinds in this business, man. There's the entertainment side of it, and there's the professional side of it. But then you'll have people arguing with you saying, no, your phone doesn't affect equipment. No, it really does affect equipment. Absolutely. And we film with mics as well, and I've noticed that mics are affecting equipment as well quite a lot. Yeah, they can. Absolutely. The rate, any kind of or uh, Wi-Fi or anything like that can definitely affect with, like, your K2s, your REM pods, and things of that nature. And most of that paranormal equipment that you buy from, you know, like some of these places, if you actually read the instructions or sometimes even say it's, it's even a little sticker on there for entertainment use only. So yeah. you, you got to kind of take that with, you know, okay, <laughs> you know. I build equipment for, just for our team. And um, I'm building stuff now with like three devices, like the EDI, three devices in one. So a REM pod, temperature, and uh, like a motion music box all all into one and we're using that quite a lot and that's pretty cool because if you see if if like the temperature drops if one thing goes off i'm like "Mm." but then when if you see two things being manipulated i'm like oh now maybe we've got something yeah 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 you always want to try to correlate i mean if you can get yeah it's great if you can get something going off but if you get another piece of equipment going off at the same time and maybe even a third piece and maybe get a good piece of audio evidence like with order or something that's what the game's all about you're trying to you know, yeah. connect the dots. That's a part of really investigating. I see it all the time because I do events all the time where I'm all around the country. You know, uh, yeah. people come up, hire me to come out and investigate and do Q and A sessions and things of that nature. And people come, you know, bring in their equipment and everything. And you you always have that separation, that divide where some people bring the, the really good stuff that they've seen us use, and they they try to pick our brains and. And teach them how to use it even better. And sometimes they teach us things, but then you have the people who just bring the REM pods and stuff like that, and that's fine too. I'm all, hey, I'll, I'm all for it, man. You know, do what you got to do. If you're just having fun, have fun. But if you're a serious investigator, this is how you want to do it and go about it. A lot of time, a lot of hours, and a lot of yeah. We film, we film three. I mean, we have four cameras. We have three nights, so you're looking at 80, 80 plus hours. Credit goes to Sarah because she does. Like, I mean, you, you you obviously know yourself. Cut down into a forty minute video. It's, yeah. it's a lot of work, a lot of money, a lot of time, and a lot of. Well, you got to figure. I mean, with the show, it, your average show is forty three minutes long with commercials. Yeah, you, know, you got a sixty minute slide. It's usually about forty one to forty three minutes long you got to remember you know ghost hunters and some of these other shows there's not just one team who's investigating there's maybe three or four teams like on ghost hunters i can't speak for the other shows but on our show everything we capture we have to go over all our everything all our video all our audio If, if we're using 10 cameras in a room at one time we have to go and review all that and you're not just talking about one run a night you're talking sometimes six seven runs a night and you're there investigating for you know close to a week. We have to go over all that, and you have to fit it all in. So you get to the point where you, know, you get smart about it, and you start marking your stuff. When you start feeling there's something going on, or something you, you want to mark that time, so yeah, you yeah, yeah. do it, and not have to go over all that. But sometimes when you do go over some stuff that you don't think that you know there's nothing going on, is when you capture some amazing. I've caught some ma- amazing evidence just before we actually filmed, and our equipment's running. You know, before, yeah, 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 yeah. like, you know, like great EVP or, you know, something that, you know, a, a shadow anomaly going across the room or something yeah, that we had to do with our eyes at the time. Yeah, I've, I've captured some amazing stuff that way. 
I was going to say that to you. I've noticed it's as if when you're in conversation or you're not concentrating, but when we go into a break and we're talking and we'll be good, you know, planning what we're doing next, next minute, somewhere out of nowhere will just bang. And it's like, <clears throat> bugger, you waited all night to do that and you've caught us right when we're... Yeah, that's why, you, I mean, that's one of the golden rules of uh, filming for TV is that camera never goes off. Um, right, yeah. I- I've had some very interesting meetings about when cameras were not rolling and things are getting caught. I've had some really pretty interesting bitch sessions from uh, right. some high up people in LA. So yeah, <laughs> you, you always want that camera. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, no, I made that on. mistake. I made that mistake twice and yeah. never again. Now that camera is rolling from the minute we get there. It's yeah. on. It's on. And we made that mistake twice. One time yeah. I'm changing a battery and, and two of the team have gone, oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, my God, what? I'm changing a battery. And they're like, you're not going to believe what we're seeing. The camera that was facing in the room, and it, I'm talking literally seconds as we took the battery out, it's happened. It's as if, like, it, it knew we were going to change the battery. The camera was getting switched off. Now I'm going to have you. And yeah. luckily, the two of the team seen it. However, it's personal experience. But, yeah, it's, it's crazy. The camera's always rolling now. They do their own thing. So, I mean, yeah, you might want to make sure something's always going. Something always running, a piece of camera or, you know, some kind of audio or something's always on because you never know what you're going to capture. I mean, a great instance would be uh, for the show would be uh, investigated in Galena, Illinois. Um, right. We were just standing outside the building, this place called the Galena Marine Hospital. Now, this place is your typical haunted location, um, the kind you see on TV shows and movies. Uh, they could have made a movie about this location. It was this old abandoned hospital in the middle of the woods, setting up on a hill surrounded by trees that no one knew was actually there. Even the people, half people in the town who lived a couple miles away didn't realize it was there. And you have to drive up wow. this long, like one the two mile long driveway to get to it. And then all of a sudden you're at this place on top of the hill and it's overlooking the town, very ominous. Uh-huh. But we were standing outside the location, no power to the location. So we had to have RVs there for us to st- you know, kind of hang out in, in production. And um, it's middle of the winter, it's January, it's six below. So we're, we had these fire barrels outside and, and Mustafa and I were standing out by the fire barrel with our camera operator. Um, Mustafa, kind of, he's one of your team members, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Mustafa is. So I'm standing there with Mustafa by the fire barrel. We're just kind of talking. Our camera operator, Kyle, standing right next to us. We're just kind of shooting the shit. And Brandon and Brian come out of the building. They just investigated. They got their camera guy with them, and they're kind of downloading us on what they saw and what they captured. And they walk away. Now, you got to remember, there's no power in this building. It's right. it's it's typically three stories high. It's two stories with like a, a large attic and a lookout, uh, which was put there during the Civil War. So we're talking, and all of a sudden I look up, and something captures my eye. The whole second floor lit up. It just like lit up like some turn lights on. And I'm wow. like, what the hell? And our camera out. He was that good. He just swung up with his camera, had it on that fast, and captured it. We run into the building, get up to the second floor. It maybe was like 15 seconds later. That's how fast we're running. It's it's, it's snowing outside. It's miserable. And we're like trucking through the snow, trying to get into the building. We get up to the second floor. And thank God we had this EMCCD camera set up in there on a tripod. And what it captured was, and you'll see it on season two, was this light anomaly. Like comes from the ceiling. It looks like the heavens open up, flickers, 
And it's probably about the size of a doorway, maybe a little bit wider, and disappears. And we actually saw that with our own eyes, and we captured it with the camera. That's um, so that, Yeah, it was, it was it, I still can't wrap my head around that one. No, how would you explain that? Yeah. <laughs> You're not explaining that one, are you? No, no. I mean, it, honestly, it looked like the heavens opened up like a portal to heaven, and it just shined down through the room and just kind of flickered and then went away. It was there for about three to five seconds, maybe. It was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. And was the place active? Was that a good? Oh, very active. We were hearing yeah. audible footsteps, running. Uh, we actually caught on a thermal hit. Me and Mustafa were on the first floor investigating. We brought in a guest. Uh, he was a steamboat captain who had worked the Mississippi River, which runs right past it. And Brian and Brandon were outside with a thermal camera, like investigating the woods. And they yeah. they panned up to the, the top floor. And there's this thermal image of a person standing there looking out the window at him. There's nobody up there. We were on the bottom floor. So they, they walk in me, and I'm like, what? So I run up there real quick with, the, with our camera guy, get up to the top, nobody up there, man. It was, uh, And then we went back and looked at it, we recreated it. Like, I stood in the window exactly where <clears throat> it was standing, and whatever it was was maybe a few inches taller than me. So it, it, there was nobody there, man. It was it was absolutely insane. The place was very very active. One of the one of the one of the better ones we've ever investigated. Absolutely, it was just so miserable because it was so cold. It was literally like four to six below at all times there. That's crazy, man. Yeah, our equipment kept shutting down on us every thirty to forty minutes because we had to go warm it up because it was just that cold. That's crazy. We we have battery drain and stuff like that, but. I don't think we've ever, we've never had anything like, yeah, illuminations and stuff like that. That's insane. I'd love to yeah, catch some like the that. game long enough, you'll, you'll, you'll get something like that, man. Yeah, we're still young yet. We're running, 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 cracking at it for four years. Yeah, still yeah, learning. Yeah. I mean, I suppose everybody's still learning. But, oh, yeah. Uh, you, you'll never stop learning. I mean, until the day you're not doing this anymore. And, you know, you, maybe you're on the other side looking down, which, uh, you know, brings me to a, a funny thing, as I've said to this before. It's like what we're creating right now right here and now over the last several years with these paranormal investigators are you're creating these future entities or spirits that are going to be yeah. able to communicate with the people who are doing this you know when they're alive and we're dead because right. we know the game you know what yeah. i'm saying yeah. yeah to think of it that way you know like we're going on and we're probably going to be able to, to have a better communication with the people who are living you know when we're gone so that's the one way to look at it, which is very mm -hmm. interesting, in, in my opinion. And I like to think that because, I mean, yes, to, to be able to communicate with the living once you're dead or vice versa is going to be amazing. That could be a breakthrough sometime in the future. Yeah, hopefully. Because, I mean, they've been trying since the 1800s. And well, yeah, you got to think, though, back then, I mean, even up to like the late 1990s, early 2000s, before all these shows start coming out, no one even knew what a paranormal investigator or a ghost hunter was. Was, yeah. Yeah, you know, I didn't even know when I first got started in this. I didn't I didn't think people actually did this. I had no clue. I, was, I saw a couple of the shows when they were starting out. I'm like, okay, what is this? And when I had my experience, and I'm like, oh, should people really do this? Okay, this is cool. And it was taboo. You know, I didn't I didn't talk about it. I didn't tell anybody about it unless they were really right. close. And then, you know, once you start, yeah, you know, the you know, 2011, 12 started coming around, 13, and it really started, you know, growing legs. And, and it really hit the ground. And it's like this phenomenon it is now uh, with all the shows and everybody's doing it. everybody all of a sudden has a paranormal experience you know people talking about stuff they never talked about before something happened at their 
the grandma's house when they were four years old or whatever and they never talked about it until you know they start like you go to these conventions it's funny like you go to these paranormal vet conventions that i i get invited to and there's thousands of people there thousands like i just did one in september uh jersey para uni i think the door count was ten thousand people wow and i'm doing one in vegas here next month that's supposedly even bigger. So the people are like are really coming around, which is great. People are opening their eyes. Yeah, that's good. It's good. Definitely good. Yeah. Um, you've got a lot of years experience between. I mean, is it Grant's got thirty years? Yeah. You yourself, you've been doing it for seventeen years. Yeah, most of the people. And then add team. on the rest of the team. I like I like the way Brandon thinks. Pretty clever lad. Yeah, Brandon has been doing it as long as I have. Um, I think we're probably the second to to been doing it the longest after Grant. Um, and then you got Brian's got about. 12 or 13 years in Kristen as well and Rochelle and, and Mustafa right behind them not far behind them uh, so we've all been doing it for I mean we're all definitely you know veterans at it and been doing it for many years but you always learn you know I even learn from people who have only been doing it for a few years you always pick up something different you know mm-hmm. like I'll go to these these events I do and there's always something you pick up from somebody like you think oh that's kind of cool I'm gonna try that you know add that to my routine and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but you never stop learning man I learned a lot from Grant. I learned a lot from a lot of people, you know, Brandon, you know, Mustafa, the great guys. You know, I do stuff with Mustafa all the time, you know, because we I've both, not, I see you with him a lot on your internet. Yeah, yeah, because we live really close. We're East Coast. The rest of the guys are like Midwest and West Coast. Mustafa lives maybe an hour and a half, two hours from me. So when we do events, we try to stay out here on the East Coast and we do a lot of stuff together and we're always learning off each other. You know, it's that's the great thing about that teams, the few that of us that are do these events together like you never with us you never know who who's running the show because we're always we're all strong in some suit sometimes you'll go in you'll know who the alpha and who the, the beta is but not with us it's it's great because we all we all feed off each other very well and we, we kind of run like a well-oiled machine which is very nice never had yeah, that it helps, definitely helps when you're a team and you are a team not yeah. just one of you is the team yeah definitely else do you find as well asking the right questions and we find a lot with music you know if we play music in a certain situation it, it seems to have helped yeah. in some of the places we've been definitely seems to have helped yeah trigger objects definitely uh and sometimes just not asking a question at all i mean i've i've got to the point where i mean it's hard to do when you're with these these groups when you're you're kind of investigating you know with the public it's hard to do but when you're doing it on your own it's a lot easier because you can take your time and be more methodical about it but uh, i like not asking anything at all i'll go into a location and i'll just whoever i'm with i'll just have a conversation with them about the location you know not actually asking a question and sometimes like i'll even put out you know things that are not real about the property you know right yeah i've done that i've done that yeah i'll make up something just so something corrects me you know and i've had that happen it doesn't always happen but i've had things actually correct me like i'll say oh I heard 35 people died here and they're like you'll get something like no two people died here yeah <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. it's just it, it, it's just an example but uh it's i like doing that because then you say okay then you get that and you're like all right so we're definitely there's something here so like i just did an investigation up in uh albany new york probably about three weeks ago two weeks ago something like that there's a rumor of a little girl who passed away in this property but the, the rumor was she definitely died there but there's okay think there's foul play so i decided um they said that she drowned in the well well it was kind of hard for her to drown in the well because the well was covered with a very large oak like door 
that she was only five years old. There's no way she could have opened it. So I asked the question was, so I hear, you know, I think her name was Rosie. Don't, don't quote me on that. I said, hey, Rosie, so I, I want to ask you a, a hard question. Um, I hear that you, uh, you may have been, you know, thrown in the well or drowned in, in the bathtub and got an EVP, like literally right, we were doing birth sessions, got an EVP right after that from a male saying, really? Like in a very like, <laughs> like voice, like really? Like you're gonna go there? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, no. so we know this, whoever this guy is, that he's here, maybe it's her father, or they would say, right. the rumor was it's possibly her uncle who drowned her or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's like, in, it didn't go much further than that, but just to get that was pretty cool. That's smart. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Right, so for everybody listening, where can they find out about what you do and what, what how to get hold of you and what your platforms are? I mean, best thing to do is you can look me up on Instagram, Facebook, um, under uh, or Twitter, under uh, just Daryl Marston. I'll pop right up. Best thing to do, you can go to my Instagram page, you can go right to my uh, link tree, and it takes you to my website and everything. And uh, Paranormal Warehouse is the company that I'm co-owner of, and that's where wow. we do our, our videos, really cool stuff coming out. You know, like you'll see a lot of these games behind me. Uh, aliens, Horrified, Gargoyles, Echoes, which is all, all games we're uh, doing commercials for and things of that nature. So, yeah, it's, you go check me out. You know, go check out Paranormal Warehouse and what we're doing and all the cool stuff that's happening here in the future in the next year or so. Cool. That's smart. Right. So, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check in next month to see who the next guest is. Uh, it will be, sorry. And it's good night from me and good night from Daryl. <laughs> good night, guys. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Wow. You're welcome.